Well, come on, church. It's good to see everybody today. Well, this is the first time I've ever done a couple of things. Number one, I have never preached ever in a bathing suit, but it's here, okay? And I've preached a lot of sermons in New Spring Church, never in a bathing suit, nor have I ever worn flip-flops on stage, but we are celebrating baptism today, church, and so we're going to do some things a bit different. We're pumped up about it. If you grew up in the 90s, uh, 90s people, you know, millennials, maybe Gen X a little bit, you remember the tearaway NBA pants? Remember those? Anybody else love those things? Like where they, you see the player come off the bench and just, I, I, we need tearaway pasture pants. You know, I was, I was telling my wife about it this week. She said, no, babe, no, absolutely not. But uh, I, this would have been an appropriate moment to be able to preach and then I'm ready to get in the baptism pool. But welcome to New Spring. Uh, hey, we love all the squiggles and the wiggles and the cries and the standing room only on every single campus. We're not gonna be in this room long, but we want you to know if you're a guest with us, that we take the next generation really seriously. And uh, that's the series that we're in. And so, yeah, we can clap our hands for that. So um, we've, been, we've been asking this question. Uh, and so I wanna ask it to you. And then I'm gonna read some scripture, but I wanna ask you a question on all of our campuses. What does a successful life look like? What does success look like? What does it look like? Is it, is it money in the bank? Is it a degree? Is, is it, um, you know, a husband, a wife, 2.4 kids? Is it two homes? Is it a new car? Is it, what does a successful life look like? Now, if you don't mind, let's read the scripture. Psalm 71, 17 and 18. It'll be on the screen right here. Let me put it in front of us. It says, oh God, from my youth, you've taught me. And I still proclaim your wondrous deeds. So even to old age and gray hairs, oh God, do not forsake me. Watch this until I proclaim your might to another generation, your power to those to come. So here's what the Bible says success looks like. Success from the scripture is succession. So I don't know what your picture of success looks like, but one of the things that we're trying to encourage and trying to solidify in all of our hearts is that success isn't necessarily the American dream. Success isn't necessarily being able to retire at 60 or being able to have so much money in your 401k or your 403b or your Roth IRA. According to scripture, one of the markers and measures of success is our ability to hand something to the next generation, namely the good news of Jesus Christ. And that's what this series is about. And that's what this weekend is about. And that's what Kids Spring is about. And that's what Fuse is about. And that's why we are excited about the squiggles and the wiggles and the young people in all of our campuses. We're excited about standing room only because one of the things the church has potentially missed out on in all of the things we've been doing is what the mark of success is. And if we do not hand off to the next generation our faith, we have failed. But if we do a great job of sharing and telling the story to the next generation, then we are successful. I wanna give you the, the points of how to do this. How did the Bible equip us to do this? We talked about these points last week by way of reminder. The first point I wanna point in front of us is that God, very, very simply, he is a generational God. The God of the Bible says that his name to be remembered forever throughout all generations is that he is the God of our fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob throughout all generations. So one of the things that God wants to do, church, is he wants to make sure that he 
is remembered in every generation. So not only is he a generational God, but watch this, he's gonna create in us a generational people. One of the great things about today is every single living generation in your community is in your room today. Every single one of them, from the bitty bitty babies that are crying and screaming and squiggling to, to, to the, the folks that, man, you know, in, in next year, they're gonna actually be with the Lord, all right? And I'm not making jokes about old people here. I'm just saying, that's what happens is we go the way of humanity and it's from birth to death on this planet earth, God wants to be the God of generations. That's his intent. He's a generational God. He's gonna create a generational people. So we always wanna look around our church and we wanna see every age group, every single kind of person, multi-generational, multi-ethnic church representing, reflecting the beautiful God. Now, how does he do it? Well, the Bible's really clear. You ready for this? The primary way God does it is through Moms and dads, fathers and mothers, you are God's primary vehicle. You're God's primary vehicle. So primary way he does it, he, he uses fathers and mothers to teach the next generation and to disciple the next generation. Primary vehicle. Now I wanna make sure you catch this. And last week we talked a bit about this, but this is so important, mom and dad. You do not have to live a perfect life. You just have to put one foot in front of the other and make the process of living a place where you, when you get up in the morning, when you're eating your meals, when you're going through the roles of life, where you are pointing your kids, you're the one that gets the chance, the primary voice in their life towards the Lord. And so I just wanna commend you. Well done, mom and dad. You're doing a fantastic job. You don't have to be perfect. You just have to embrace the process. And so number one is you, mom and dad, recognize this. But number two is the church has a role to play as well. You know what, the church, we will partner with you. And the church's role is that we wanna partner with you to resource you, but the church must never be an outsource. Let me say it again. Make sure everybody sees this. This is so important. The church is here, whether it be through the weekend, or whether it be through Kids Spring, or whether it be through great music, or every Sunday service that we, we take seriously. The church is here to partner with you in your primary role, but must never be considered an outsource. And so when you've got God's moms and dads and the church working together on the next generation, then we can trust that we are going to see some incredible things in the next 20 and 30 years. Now, let me back away and ask a question. How many of you have felt over the last several years or maybe the last several months that the next generation doesn't have hope? That maybe there's no good news anymore? That maybe there's no hope anymore? Would you take the sounds and the sights of this weekend in the church gathering today on all of our campuses as God's word to you that there is hope, that the next generation is serious about the things of God, that they're serious about following Him, and that God's doing great things right here in our midst? and that we have a chance to partner with him to see God do some incredible things. Now, let me back up. How many of you have been enjoying, show of hands on every campus, enjoying the Olympics, watching the TVs, enjoying some Olympics? Yes, USA, USA, come on, somebody. The Olympics are incredible. Uh, you know, they're one of my favorite things every single year. You know what I love about the Olympics? I love a lot of things. I love comeback stories. I love people that overcome. But one of my favorite things about the Olympics is watching the crowd celebrate. Um, I love, and there's so many videos, you can search these. I've, I've loved watching not just the crowd there, but I love watching the crowd back home celebrate. Have y'all seen these? 
This morning, I actually saw um, the Detroit Lions. It's an NFL team. The Detroit Lions had a football player. Y'all saw it too. Uh, has a football player who's trying to make an NFL team and his wife is actually running in the Olympics. And so the Detroit Lions were all gathered up in like their, their game film room and they were cheering on this guy's wife and she won and she made it to the finals. And it was incredible. There was so much energy. Uh, another one that I saw, you'll have to go search for it later, was this entire town over in England was cheering on a swimmer named Tom. Their shirt said, Team Tom. And it's like the whole town came out. They had a huge projector out in the middle of the square and all of his friends and family that couldn't make the trip they were all, I mean, and you could see there was camera shot. There was nerves on face. There was, his mom was there and she was like wringing her hands. His, his family was there. And, and all of a sudden, Tom, they didn't even show him. They just showed her. Tom started to lead during the race. So let me ask a question. Anderson, you're going to have to help lead out here. What do you think the crowd started doing when Tom started to win the race? They did, they did. Okay, now, now not only did they do that, but then Tom takes the lead and the announcer says his name, says Tom's taking the lead. And so what do you think the people did? Do you think they stayed seated? They did not, Anderson Campus. They did not stay seated. They stood up on their feet and they clapped. So you, what are you gonna do? You're gonna stand up on your feet and clap. Come on, here we go. They stood, yes, they stood. And then they kept cheering. And you know what happened? It was amazing. Tom reaches for the wall. They go to a, they go to a, a, like a photo finish and he won. So what do you think they did? You guys are sitting down. They didn't, they didn't sit down. They, they started hugging and high-fiving. There was tears. It was incredible. Okay, now you can take a seat. Now you can take a seat. I'm trying to get you guys going because that's what the rest of the day is gonna be like, okay? So here's the deal. The crowd started to cheer and they started to cheer louder and louder and louder. Now, why is that important? Well, because the Bible says to us in Hebrews chapter 12, that since therefore we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, what do we do? We need to lay aside, we need to throw off we need to put down all the things that tangle us up and the sin that holds us back, that clings closely to us and let us run the race for endurance that the Lord has put out before us. So I want you to catch this. I believe one of the reasons that many of us perhaps are not running our race in life to win, that we're tangled up in things that are distracting, that we're tangled up in sin is because we do not hear, we don't hear the cheers of heaven but the Bible says that there are saints that have gone before us. There are people that have lived before us. They're looking into our lives and they're cheering us on. They're cheering you on as you're running the race for Jesus. They're cheering you on as you begin to make decisions to follow him. They're going, oh, she's doing it. Look at her. She's not hitting the snooze button. She got up and she's getting in her Bible. Yes, come on, somebody. They're, they're watching today as young people declare their faith in Jesus Christ by being baptized. And so our campuses are gonna be filled up with cheers that we're gonna to get to hear, but I hope God would grace every single one of us with the cheers of heaven as we get to lean into the generations that have gone before us. Now I shared last week about one of those people. Last week I shared a story about my grandfather who is there and he's in heaven. And 60 years ago, my grandfather from North Carolina, he met the Lord, it changed his life. He, he was a, a World War II veteran, changed his family's life, and he began to follow Christ. And that changed my mother's life. It changed my life. And today, 
my grandfather is in that cloud of witnesses and he's gonna get the opportunity to cheer on someone he's never met before, his great-granddaughter, my oldest, as she's going to come now and declare Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. And she's cheering him on. So would you guys welcome my family to the stage real quick. Come stand right out here, Cam. So, so when we got pregnant with Campbell, we were, we were at the gauntlet. Um, and I remember Miss Kay, she usually sits up here. Miss Kay, one of our medics, she knew that Corey was pregnant. And we weren't telling people uh, because, and we've shared this before, because we'd had a couple of miscarriages. And um, that year uh, that we finally had Campbell the following gauntlet, we were doing baptisms there on the beach. And the very first young lady I got to baptize was a 12-year-old little girl. And when she was walking out to me in the ocean, God just in my heart reminded me that one day you're going to get to do this with your daughter as well. That day is today. And so a couple of years ago, Campbell was riding in my truck and we had been to a baseball game and she just out of nowhere blurts from the back seat, Daddy, I asked Jesus into my heart. I asked him to forgive me of my sins. And she was a talker. She was always been a talker. And so I thought, well, I kind of turned the music down and, and I said, well, that's awesome, Campbell. Well, what did he say? And she said right away, he said he would. And I said, <laughs> okay. And I said, well, when did you do that? And she goes, right back there, just down, back there down the road. And so we got home that day and mom wasn't in the car. And I said, Corey, Campbell told me something pretty important back there um, uh, while we were riding. She, she told me that she had invited Jesus to, to make a home in her heart and forgive her. And so, you know, we, she was young, you know. And so we just kind of have held on to that um, and to see and again and again and again throughout the last couple of years, she just is completely confident in that moment being the moment where she had asked Jesus Christ to be her Lord and Savior. And she had been wanting to go public for Jesus for a while, but she wanted to do it down at the beach at Daytona. Well, we haven't been at the beach at Daytona for two years. And so when this opportunity came forward today to baptize, she said she wanted to do that. So I wanted you guys to hear a little bit of Campbell's story. So Campbell, if you don't mind, do you think you could read your story? A few years ago, I asked Jesus to come and make a home in my heart. And he told me he would. I love Jesus and I love learning about God through Bible stories, talking with my family in Kids Spring. And I am excited about being baptized today and joining the family of God. You know, this is one of those really sweet moments where I don't get to be a pastor, but I get to be your dad. And I just wanna let you know that I am so proud of Jesus Christ in you. Your mom is so proud of Jesus Christ in you. And so I'm so excited you get to declare like so many of your other big brothers and sisters that are gonna be doing it on all of our campuses and many others here in just a little bit, who your Lord and Savior is. So I wanna ask you a question, last thing. And I'll let you tell everybody. Who is your Lord and Savior? Jesus Christ.
because you have said Jesus Christ, it is my sweet honor to baptize you in the name of your Abba Father who loves you, in the name of your big brother Jesus who died for you, and in the name of the Holy Spirit who now lives in you into the family of God. Moms and dads that have been there before, you know exactly what that feels like. It feels incredible to know that your good father in heaven really does love them more than you do. And he has lent them to us for the stewardship of these days. And man, one of the promises that I wanna share with you today, first, these are both truths from Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10, verse 32, Jesus is speaking and he says very clearly, if you deny me before man, then I'm gonna deny you before my Father in heaven. Now that's not mean, that's him loving us enough to tell us the truth. But he also says, but if you acknowledge me before man, that it'll be my honor to acknowledge you before my Father who is in heaven. And that's the good news of the gospel. That Jesus Christ is the door and is the way into the family of God that we do not have to live as sons and daughters of the enemy. We don't have to live as slaves to sin, but now we get to live as sons and daughters of the king. He has given us all of his right and he's taken all of our wrong. That's what baptism is. It is a representation of joining in the death, burial and resurrection and in the resurrection life of Jesus Christ. And I want you to know on every single campus today, we've got folks that are gonna be going public, but if you have never had the opportunity to take Jesus up on that promise to acknowledge him before men, today is your day. Students, do you think there needs to be some adults that declare Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior today? Today is the day. Take Jesus up on that promise. Trust him for the forgiveness of your sins. Trust him for your resurrection life. Trust him that if you again would acknowledge him before men, he will welcome you into the family of God. All baptism is, is the wedding ring of Christianity. It doesn't save you. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that you're forgiven. It just simply means that you've already done both of those things. You've asked Jesus Christ to forgive you. You've asked him to give you a new heart. And the Bible says that we won't keep that a secret, that we would be excited to go public and declare it to those around us. So I'm gonna pray for us and turn it over to a pastor on your campus who's gonna give us the opportunity to the, today to leave uh, the space that we're in maybe perhaps and to celebrate. And I want you, if you're not getting baptized or even if you are, I want you to make some noise today for every single one of these young men and women. Help them to remember this day forever because Jesus said that we can take this promise to the bank. When we acknowledge him before men, we can look forward to one day meeting our Abba Father in heaven and Jesus Christ saying, here's my daughter, here is my son. I paid their price on the cross and I wanna welcome them to their forever home into the family of God. Would you pray with me? Father God, I thank you for today. I thank you for every single young man and young woman who is gonna declare you as their Lord. I thank you for every single adult that's gonna be moved to, to not continue to keep it a secret, but to live their life for you. And Lord, I thank you for the prayers that you answered that Corey and I prayed for Campbell specifically for years. 
And here we are standing in the middle of your promise. You are faithful, God. And Lord, you're a generational God and you are gonna do a generational work in the next generation. So we thank you for our kids. And we thank you for the time we get to steward them, to teach them the good news of Jesus. Lord, we ask that you would bless every single one of these young men and women, that the seeds in their heart would grow to trees in their life and that they would multiply and take your good news to the ends of the earth. Be honored, King Jesus. In Christ's name we pray. And everybody said together, amen, amen.